You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is my interview with the composer and songwriter for The Card Counter, Robert Levinby. Podcast. And right now I am being joined by Robert Levin Bean over here. Uh, we are currently talking about the card counter, uh, which is the new film from Paul Schrader being released by Focus Features right now. Uh, Robert, how are you today? Uh, I'm very well. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing awesome. I just got back from Telluride where the film also uh, screened right after Venice. Um, I got a chance to meet Paul and uh, I, I asked him to his face, how, how, how at your age did you just make the trek over from Venice, Italy over here to Colorado right now? Like just the, the rush of this movie, because it also is, you know, out in theaters now, too, uh, this weekend. So it's just supposed to be a madhouse for you guys. Yeah, I thought that same thing because I didn't think he was going to make it. Uh, he said, I swear he said, like. I'm not, I'm not doing any of that bullshit. Um, <laughs> and the next thing, uh, and the next thing I knew, I, maybe he changed his mind and, um, which, which doesn't surprise me. Um, and he's, he's over there and it kind of, it kind of hit me. I was like, Oh yeah, this is like, this is like the equivalent of a, yeah. Like when a band tours, you know, it's, but in a much more, you know, shorter condensed thing, like, rock tour can go for a year but with films it's like it's all about you know just a really tight fist of just make your punch yeah moment count I guess but but that's just also like his thing is just like I would just ask him like where do you get this like energy like you know at his at his age like it goes well beyond a flight like I don't I don't know where he just gets the the juice you know um it's it's a wild thing well in terms of like your work here uh, with the card counter, uh, this is actually the first time that you've been contacted, I believe, to work on a score for a feature length film. Um, your father had previously worked with Paul on Light Sleeper. And I'm curious to know, I, I imagine Paul, he must have called you to bring you onto the project, right? Like how, how else, did, I'm just curious to know, how else did you come onto the project? He tr- <laughs> he tried uh, for like a month, and <laughs> and it was like the wrong number or something. It was something really like really you know just s- stupid. Um, and then they went through like a friend of a friend of a friend, um, and I, and uh, finally finally, I think it was I don't know. It came around at the right time because they they were having some issues, uh, struggling with with the like the direction of the concept. Uh, for the music and uh, yeah maybe stumbled into the room at the right time because the only focus was on like the last song like you know asking if if you put you know like I I watched it and I could I could see the similarities I could see this kind of in in the writing I could I could tell like okay there's there's definitely like strong parallels with Light Sleeper and so I kind of was like this is going to be a challenge because I know it's like, you're kind of going for this Michael Bean thing. Like my father's like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, and I'm not that cat. So, <laughs> um, you know, I was like, I'll just throw out 
what I would do. And um, I had like, yeah, six songs in mind because the, the, there was there was just a lot of different ways you could go. The final song he, yeah, he, he took to a lot. And then it was, it was kind of an, like, what about, you know, what about trying this? What about trying that? And so well, what started off is just kind of, uh, yeah, one song kind of kept growing backwards into, yeah, do the full film. But um, yeah. Which is, which is wild, by the way. It's like, I, I didn't sign on for this. And here we are scoring an entire film, your first film score, and then all the songs that are also layered across it. And dare I say, uh, damn good job, sir, because I personally love this moody, atmospheric, dark score that was like the undercurrent to this movie. I thought it sold the vibe of the story just very, very well. Thank you. Yeah, like I have no objectivity. Like I'm like the <laughs> I, I worked. I, I did so many versions, and in my head, there's like uh, yes, so so many different kind of. I, I had no idea how much like m music is like the final rewrite, you know, uh, um, kind of like a screenplay to a novel. So it's, it's um, any, any little move, any little change, you know, you've got a different film on your hand. Mm -hmm. So it, it got to a point where I was just like, you know, man, if you're, ha if you're happy and this is, you know, and we finally, <laughs> we've, we finally exhausted all these different types of films. Like my job was just to give you as many hard, choices as possible and if i've done that then i've done it you know i've done something right so um and that was cool i, I never like thought about cre creating i always felt like I, I needed to know and have the answer and have the direction and to have the but there's a director for that so <laughs> you know it's kind of it's an interesting you know chuck's position Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. You know, these last couple of years, uh, especially over the last decade, we've seen uh, lots of rock artists uh, from Trent Reznor to the Dresner Brothers uh, get into film scoring. Is this something that after the collaboration experience that you've had is something that you would like to continue exploring more into the future? Because I do believe, you know, people like, you know, Johnny Greenwood and like all these other people that are just finding so much success in this new I don't want to say it's like a new form of film score, but there is something very unique about it, right? Taking a rock artist mentality and applying it to uh, the cinema. Yeah, I started understanding why, like so many, 
I guess films, but also the, the music itself. Like it's hard to break out of, you know, um, convention. And so I think it's um, a lot of times there's, uh, especially technology wise, there's a lot of kind of just drone keep keypad MIDI. Like one of the things we argued about the most was that I was like, I'm not doing MIDI, MIDI strings and these things. And, uh, <laughs> and it's like, we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it, you know. And there's like no budget for that. So it's like, all right. Um, but, uh, and then he got, <laughs> in true Paul fashion, he got someone to do that, um, <laughs> which I, which, which I do remember from with working with my, uh, well, him working with my dad was, if there was anything like that, where you kind of like, kind of, I don't know, there's an impasse, like Paul will just go and he, <laughs> for the light sleeper score, like delivered, delivered it and then found a guy that just he did really well but just put sex saxophone over most of the score and it was like kind of a last minute thing so i i get the um i i knew i knew that coming so it was kind of like i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna bring you know the things that i that i've got in the same way that i kind of witnessed my father as like more you know musician not mm -hmm. as much composer you know, you bring your best and it's another animal. It's something that I'm still learning and I'm like not in a place of being like, you know, yeah, I'm really grateful to kind of get the experience to, to hey, it was like going to school. Yeah. Um, and I hope I, you know, I hope I never graduate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hope I'm always learning something, something new, but um, it's, it's another animal. Like, um, like understanding that no one one film or one director is is the same mm -hmm. um paul had a very you know specific thing and i would i would never walk into you know like working with someone else with just the same assumptions so mm -hmm. as much as i want to say like yeah it's 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 pretty magical when things click um and you go into like other artistic territory that you never would you know otherwise yeah, I can't say what's, you know, I've given up, you know, guessing what's around the corner. Uh, yeah. And so, which, which helps, uh, which helps with a process like that. Something that moves literally at the speed of sound um, that it's just like, does it feel right? Or, you know, there's no time to like discuss. You're just like, yeah, we're going to the next scene, going to the next. And so it's all feeling and instinct and I don't know, just staying out of the way. But um yeah, so I can't. I, I I'd love to, but I don't. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know the future, but it would be great because I know the the cats that do <laughs> have an edge on the future. I don't know if it's an edge I want because it's like yeah, you do start kind of phoning in the same thing, and I I would hate to you know do that. Uh, yeah, it, the learning is more important than you know solving. Yeah, as artists, we always have to like get out. Know try to push ourselves creatively and not stay stagnant. So I, I understand where, you, where you're coming from with that completely. You you mentioned before uh, that you're learning so much. You're working with Paul Schrader, a man who has nearly 50 years in the business. Uh, what would you say was the number one thing in the process of working with him that was like your biggest takeaway, your biggest learning moment? Oh, my gosh. <sighs> well, just because it's on my mind, I guess what we were just saying, the... the, the um kind of let it letting letting go and and letting it be it's it's you know when you're in a band there's you know two to five six people uh 
and with this there's you know i've no i don't know i i came on late and and it was like the film was pretty much done and so mm -hmm. uh it was like a final yeah final cut uh final edit it's you know just to have this kind of thing of respecting the work that came before you and having the boldness to like take the wheel which was very strange at times when paul was like encouraging me to okay now is where you know the song kind of takes over as the narr as the narrative and then we return we return back you know um and it was very strange like you know having that sense of like okay i'm going to take the wheel for the next minute and eight seconds but then i'm handing it back and so there's a lot of uh just you know going with the flow that's mm -hmm. like extremely necessary of you know okay now you have to let go of that wheel it's not yours you know you were just you know it was a that was a mo a moment of a loner um but actually the, th the thing that was unique about this was like after having like written a minute of the song which was like a surgical strike with paul which i had remembered from him working with uh mike like he, when he wants it you know the voice to begin at uh 45 you know 0803 it's like specifically right there and then like die down fade out come back in mm -hmm. like he's not messing around so to write with that precision is terrifying yeah. uh, and i'd never you know done that and then the strangest feeling was like once the whole film was over i, I my initial thing was like i have to I have to go back and finish these songs. Like just, it's like, I feel like a negligent parent if I if I just like let these, you know, songs just be incomplete so that I should have kind of, you know, just taken taken the win. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I couldn't have, I couldn't have lived with myself or slept if I didn't like figure out where these songs are going to go. Like what's next? Like what's the, you know, almost like part two of it. Yeah. And so I got the, I got the luxury of like getting to like explore, you know, off the canvas, you know, off the outside of the film, which I don't know how many people get, get that. So I kind of, I did get the best of both worlds in some ways. And it's, it's, you know, uh, I don't know if I'll ever get that kind of chance again, but it was, it was, it was kind of surreal to combine those two, two different, you know, methods so I'd, I'd go back like months like into like where the hell was my mind at when i you know wrote this verse into the chorus mm -hmm. and then i reverse engineer this back into like you know where would that story go next so i don't know i just can't stop <laughs> giving my to get, giving myself impossible challenges but um pretty proud of it then again you know ask me in five minutes from now and i'll probably be you know doubting it all again <laughs> well i'll ask you in a shorter period of time than five minutes <laughs> yeah. because i wanted to know that if they're considering the amount of work that you did on this movie with the songs and the score if they're a track or a song in particular that you want to hang your hat on and say you know what i am proud of that one that one turned out pretty well and i'm i'm, I'm a big fan of that one well Keep in mind, whatever you say here, uh, anyone that listens no, to this, no, that's I, the one that they're going to go listen to right away. So, <laughs> oh no, like, um, so I, 
the part that spoiled that I that I feel just like a kick, you know, I stole the candy store. Um <laughs> was that like I got to go and and complete the 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 songs kind of yeah you know off the you know after the buzzer and this and an alternative song songs that didn't you know that that we were like this close to going with and then got the you know another one kind of edged it out Mm -hmm. um completing those and soundscapes that were just like i'd fallen in love with and i couldn't tell you which one was better than the other but like this record that I that that I kind of pieced together was kind of uh, was kind of all the odds and ends um, that mm-hmm. that that you probably would never get to see the light of day normally, and so um, yeah, there's no there's no one like I, I uh, created this record of hi- a hybrid of soundscapes and sound design and and you know completed songs, and I'm really. I just, I just feel like done. Like I, like I, uh, like I, like a sense I wouldn't have had if I just called it a day on the film. Cause I would have known all the, all the songs no one ever heard. And I would have known like the moments that would kind of come and, and go and, and like a forever tease, you know? Um, yeah. And Paul really loves teasing people, but it's not exactly what I'm, <laughs> um, it's not really my thing in the long run. But that's also his job is to keep, you know, to keep the movie and the story and the character like alive, you know, post credits. Um, and this was, I guess, my personal way of trying to do that. But um, yeah, the greatest films do that. You know, they don't they don't end when you walk out of the theater. Yeah. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really appreciate your time here today and in talking to us about your process, working with Paul, the tracks on the film. Um, it, like I said earlier, it's one of my favorite film scores of the year so far because I'm a, just a big fan in general of dark, atmospheric, moody scores that also uh, illustrate uh, a character and one like William Tell, who just has so many layers to him as well. Um, I think that your work really, really brings that character in this movie alive at times in a very, very unique way that I uh, haven't heard on another film uh, this year so far. So. Well, that was that was that was the honor was was getting to like the the level that that Oscar Isaac like brought to mm-hmm. every every scene was like I, I I could not like phone it in. I was just like I can't <laughs> like <laughs> that would that would that would be you know yeah that was something that was that would be unforgivable. So I don't I never really took it yeah a, a day's rest. It was it was that bar. And and where I knew that Paul was reaching, that I was like, okay, I've just I've got to give as much as these guys, and it was very very mo- very moving. And that that level of artistry and craft, like it just you know raises raises me to a point that I wouldn't have gone to if someone wasn't you know leave that that benchmark. So thank thank you, but at the same time, you know, that's kind of the cool part of the interplay of like. Okay, if you're gonna, you know, go here, I, you know, I'm gonna try and meet you or best you, and it's a, it's the greatest competition, you know, people ever invented. Because <laughs> everybody, everybody wins. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Robert, thank you so much for your time once again. The film is called The Card Counter. It is currently coming out in theaters uh, this upcoming weekend here, September 10th, and I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today. Likewise, man. Cheers.
All right. Thank you very Thanks, much. Man. Have a good one. Right. You too. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with the composer and songwriter for The Card Counter, Robert Levin Bean, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. The Card Counter is currently playing in theaters from Focus Features. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and we are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening as always, and we shall see you all next time. Hello, this is Gary Chahot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today.